0: Hello, and thanks for tuning in. I am that nerd dad, Joe Williamson. And and this is that nerd dad podcast. We got a guest today. (laughs) I should have been a singer. I should have been a singer. Uh, Guest today is Griff Bordignon. Probably close enough for Griff. I apologize, Griff, uh, if it wasn't. I really do. Who's Griff, you might ask? Griff is the sports guy at Cryer Media, so we're keeping it in the family today. Um, Griff and I have had many conversations offline, never actually met. I think this counts as meeting, um, and we talk football, but from an idiot's perspective, and uh, he shares his expertise and knowledge with me. It's a great, fun conversation, plus some uh, Simpsons sprinkled in at the end. Enjoy. Today, my guest is Griff Bordignon, Bordignon, Bordignon,
1: yeah, give you, a, give you a, for the first one, I'll give you a nine out of ten. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Griff is a uh, sports guru for Cryer Media. Let's call you sports guru. How does that sound?
1: I like that. I like, reporter is like the, like, uh, like I feel like a proper title, but guru is a title I love just because it's like, he knows his shit.
0: Knows the shit. Yeah. Um, and, and that's how you have kind of uh, worked your way into the crier media landscape. And and you and I have become colleagues, although this is our first yes. time actually meeting. So yes. nice to have that's you on it. the show. Thanks for coming on, buddy.
1: Hey, No problem. Anytime.
0: I'm going to start with a question that I asked you off air, which yes. was the name of your podcast is yes. YWC Football Talk. Did some research, did some digging,
1: couldn't find the answer. What does <laughs> YWC stand for? Okay, so YWC is a three-syllable term for YouTube Wrestling Community. So what essentially that is is a bunch of friends who I've made online. Who basically we post like I've met these people through YouTube. Uh, we've gone on trips together to wrestling shows, including three WrestleManias. So essentially, what it is is guys who like to go on the internet, talk about wrestling. We don't do it as much anymore because the it kind of it kind of comes in waves, but. Essentially, what it is, is a community of wrestling fans who love to talk wrestling. A lot of them are on Twitter now. A lot of them I'm still very close with. Half the guys who I have on my podcast, I've only met maybe once or twice in real life or haven't even met in real life at all, but we just love to talk football. And that's where it started from because a lot of the times it was just me having friends on the show. To talk about football, that are also huge wrestling fans. Now that's obviously expanded. I've had many football reporters, football Twitter people, football fans in general, just on to talk about the show, and just on to general to talk about the game as a whole, and even still starting to branch off into CFL. Because as many of you know, I am Crider's Toronto Argonauts reporter as well. And to the long story short, term wrestling plus football, YWC football talk. I tried changing the name, but a lot of the titles were terrible or taken or just cliched, so I'm like, you know what, just keep it, sometimes you just got to keep a good thing going, and that's why I just did a rebrand last year instead.
0: All right. Yes. Because I, I was like, YouTube wrestling community football talk. What is it? Do you have anger issues? Those are like aggressive topics. You don't
1: seem like an angry guy. No. <laughs> I mean, I get, I get emotional during football games, like that's the one thing I'll admit on of every sport, like, like, it's pretty much hockey playoffs because I'm a Leafs fan and football football any time of the year, especially because I don't know if you know it's not diehard New England Patriots fan over here. Those are the sports that bring out the emotion. So that's probably when you'll see me angrier, just all over the place emotionally. Like, for example, Apple Watch, I know, is coming out with an update of like determining stress levels, and every football fan's like, they're going to think I'm borderline like suicidal or like my anxiety is really bad between the months of like September to January. So that's where those two come from. But no, like I said earlier, it's just a community of wrestling fans who love to talk football because at the end of the day, a lot of us now we talk football more than we talk wrestling. It's just when I was coming up with names, it's one that stuck. You know, it's like one of those things, if you got a good thing going, don't change it. That's
0: so why I chose that nerd dad, that and uh, because all the other nerd dad titles were taken and uh, I was like, all right, let's go with that. Yes. Um, <laughs> So, you mentioned New England Patriots fan. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm curious about how you came to be a New England Patriots fan because it's easy when you have a home team to root for. When you have the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Toronto yes. Argonauts, the Toronto Rock, blah blah, blah blah blah. When it's the NFL, all of us in Canada have our adopted teams. How did you come to adopt the New England Patriots?
1: seven or eight years old i don't remember me fell in love with a guy named tom may have heard of him he's won a little bit of championships and done some other stuff um that's the long story of it and then now because whenever i got older people would always tell me the whole because you are you going to stick with it because it's easy to root for a winner it's ri- not hard but it's you, your fandom truly gets tested when your team is like not as good in the middle of the pack when the glory days are behind them but So that's where I'm like, I've always said to myself, yes, I'm going to stay committed to the team. I'm always going to stay committed to the fan base. And I have, hell, even through the podcast, I made a lot of friends online that are New England Patriots fans. And I talk to more now than people that I know in the province of Ontario who all live in Massachusetts. Um, So that's a big thing with the New England Patriots. It's literally a kid who fell in love with Tom Brady. It's like anything, you know, uh, like let's give hockey for an example. A random kid from here who falls in love with Connor McDavid, for example. It's just one of those you gravitate yourself towards winners or even how little kids watch football now you're probably gonna find more of them that are like joe burrow or mahomes fans they will grow up to be Bengals or chiefs fans that's just it and even still i've always said this because people always said to me like oh if toronto gets a team you definitely gotta root for them I'm, i'm here to say this right now i won't i will not jump ship i guarantee you too you'll have a fan base for it if it were to ever happen but the bills learned this the hard way when they did their bills in toronto series i don't know if you remember that the rogers center oh yeah they learned the hard way that not everyone in a, in the Toronto area or in Canada is a Bills fan. No, they learned that there's a lot of other fan bases here like I believe it's like Patriots, Steelers, Cowboys, Saints, uh Bears even, Packers, I, th- I don't know if I said them already. The fans the, that the, are up here. the big like,
0: franchises, the yeah, ones like the, that's historic, let's call them. The historic, thank you. It would be the equivalent of the uh original 6 podcast. in the NHL.
1: Yeah, that's it's like great. why you have a lot of Habs fans in Toronto. That, and I think a lot of people too in the '80s and the '90s got sick of the Maple Leafs, so they went to they went to the dark side, let's call it. But yeah, that's it. So basically, that's why the original six teams have a lot more fans, and that's why, like even here, you see, like I know Red Wings fans, I know Blackhawks fans, I know Bruins fans, I know Rangers fans. Like I have a cousin who lives in London, Ontario, who's a diehard New York Rangers fan. You just gravitate yourself towards win- not only winning, but the original six teams as well. It's like the same thing with football. When.
0: Brady left
1: yeah was
0: your fandom tested because look I'll, I'll you know slight detour here mm-hmm. I'm a I'm an Indianapolis Colts fan similar reason to you I think we probably got into football at the same time I'm just a few years older than you yeah. um, and I w- I was attracted to the way Manning played the game um, and I was like, and my friends were getting into football and I was like, I'm going to get into football too. So I, I and I kind of latched onto Manning and became a Colts fan when Manning left while I continued to root for the Broncos, I still kept an eye and consider myself a Colts fan. Um, were you, did you kind of carry on with Tom or, or are you like, oh, fuck that guy? He's gone now.
1: So I didn't do that. The first day that it happened, I'll never forget this because it was St. Patrick's Day 2020. We all know what we were doing around that time. Um, I remember my last day at work, the day before, I was told, hey, don't come in tomorrow because that's when stuff was up in the air and I was off work for three months, but that's neither here nor there. Woke up, thankfully my now fiance, girlfriend at the time, was the one to text me and tell me about like, yeah, he came out with this letter, he's leaving, yada, yada, yada. And I sat there watching NFL Network all day. People were sending me buck stuff just for fun, like to kind of like throw salt in the wounds. But I viewed it like a breakup. It's a, It was a swift punch to the gut, but I stayed with New. – I'll put it this way. I was like the opposite of you. I stayed with New England, but I followed him. Like when he played in the Super Bowl and beat Kansas City two years ago, I was happy for him. I wasn't happy for the Buccaneers team. Rob Gronkowski is a bit of a different story, but I don't want to get into that. There's a lot of Patriots fans that have a sour taste towards him. But with Tom, it's one of those things where I'm like, you'll always have a special place in my heart, but I have to learn to move on. I don't think I can hear you at the moment.
0: I muted myself because I wanted to have a sip of water. When someone says they don't want to talk about something, that's where I want to lean. You said you don't want to talk about Gronk because it's a different story and people are sour about it. Tell me about why the New England fan base is soured on Gronk.
1: Just because of the way he left and the fact that he went to Tampa Bay after Tom Brady signed there, he, re- he retired and he came out of retirement. It's just one of those things, not like they hate him or anything. And then I'm sure he'll get his day in New England one day, one day very soon. Because look, he was a part of three, technically two Super Bowls because he was hurt for the Atlanta comeback in 2017. That was nuts. Yeah. But it was just, believe me, I could do a whole podcast about that. Um, it was just the fact the way he left. It's kind of like, you know, when uh, say if you a friend of yours gets with an ex-girlfriend, it's not it's never a good thing. Like, you know, but then Tom Brady's just like a genuine like, hey, it's a swift breakup, like a mutually agreed to part ways. Like a lot of people like to say, oh, the Patriots pushed him out or like he wanted out there's a book called the dynasty by Jeff Benedict. I've referenced it on my podcast thousands of times, everything that you need to know in that book is there. Like even the fact to him and craft didn't get the properly hugged because he told them the night before and you couldn't really touch people at that time. I know that sounds really weird people, but I don't want to talk about what that time was, but everyone knows what was happening in March of 2020. You don't need to be a scientist to figure it out.
0: I almost, the way you're describing it, I'm relating because I'm a, I'm a big Raptors guy. That's my team. Um, Like, out of all sports, that's the one I follow the most closely, Mm -hmm. and that's the one I live and die with to an extent. I'm not one of those guys. Uh, But it almost reminds me of when Vince Carter said, I'm not going to dunk anymore. And then we traded him, and then he starts fucking dunking again. And it was like, wait a minute. You said you weren't gonna do that anymore.
1: (laughs) It's pretty much that because, like, for me, with the Raptors, was different because, like, look, diehard fan. That's the that. By the way, people, for anyone wondering, most expensive ticket purchase, I was at Game One of the NBA Finals. Uh, very last row at Scotiabank Arena, but I was in the building. Nice. Um, it's a very good comparison right there. The Vince Carter leaving, because that's right when I started becoming a Raptors. It was 2004, Bosch's rookie year. Like I grew up with like the Chris Bosch era. I view that one more or less the comparison just because of age appropriation. Like I just knew Vince Carter left. I was 10 years old at the time, but I was 16, going on 17 when Chris Bosch left for Miami. So... It was more of that sense for me, if if that makes any sense. Do you know how the whole like Bosch leaves and it's like, oh, hey, Bosch is going to Miami. And then later that night was the decision of LeBron going to Miami. Mm -hmm. So for that, that's how I view it for me, just for an age perspective. No offense. But with the Vince Carter thing, (laughs) but with the Vince Carter thing, though, it's a very simpler logic. And then how there's the game, I think in 05 or 06, where Carter comes back and then I think he got the game winner at the buzzer against Toronto and was booed. But the only difference was though, Patriot fans won't boo Tom Brady. They didn't when he returned with Tampa. It was a roaring ovation. And if you look up ticket prices for this year, the home opener for New England where they're going to honor him at half against Philly is, I think, top three most expensive tickets within the USA. I only say that because the Germany game, there was 1.4 million people trying to get tickets that, for a stadium that only hosts like 68,000 people. So that's just to tell you what's going on there.
0: Will they, will they boo
1: Gronk? I feel like there's a section of the fan base that will, but it'll be like 75/25. It's just Boston sports fans are a special breed of people. That's the one thing I get to learn and I kind of don't like during like the NFL off season like when they're like all mad about the Bruins losing to Florida and like the Celtics getting killed in game 7, I'm kind of there like like hey, I was happy for you guys. Like as Celtics fans, not Bruins fans. Like Bruins I was I found that funny even though I wanted to play Boston in the second round. Um with the Celtics one though, it's kind of like you look at their pain and you're like no, I'm not I'm not it's like that's don't bring me into this. It's kind of like you it's like you're out, like I'm an outside spectator for like the Red Sox, the Celtics and the Bruins, but for the Patriots I'm like full like I'm running in their head first like kind of like when it's like a kid with his head down he's just running and then he just runs into a brick wall.
0: So Boston is your adopted city.
1: Oh god no. No, no, no. Toronto is. It's just Boston is for football. Toronto okay. for everything else.
0: So why does it matter then how the people are reacting. Is it because you cover New England Patriots that they kind of start to want to lump you into it?
1: Well, it's not even that. It's just the fact that I've gone to know so many of them and follow, follow them, follow the reporters. And then, like, even the football reporters for New England will talk about the other sports as well. Or even, like, say, for example, people who like report on the Patriots will also be in the press box at the Bruins games or at the Celtics games, etc. That's where it comes from. Okay. Yeah, so it's, like, one of those things, like, someone you may follow... Maybe into like may have like say for example if like you're a huge Marvel fan and then like you don't like DC but you still follow DC people on Twitter. Think of it like that. All right, had to get the nerd reference in there. (laughs) (laughs) Got to keep it on brand. Got to keep. I scratch your back, you scratch my back. It's all good. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.
0: Sports betting. Yes. How do
1: you not have a problem? Because I, I told Chris, this is the Canadian Open very specifically. I only bet a max of like 20 to $25 a game because I want to view it as like, you have a little bit of skin in the game. I just do the videos for fun, to be honest with you. That's it. The videos were, there were a fun thing that's taking me to doing this interview today. Like, I know it sounds weird, but it's because of the videos, I've gotten so much exposure and so much more of like a platform to work with. Um, so as, Oh, go on.
0: I was going to say, so let, let's start near the beginning. Yep. how did you get into sports betting were you were you a pro line guy before it became like you know all the fucking websites these days like were you a pro line guy
1: yeah so there is a photo on my fiance's phone from thanksgiving weekend of 2020 of me holding a pro line ticket in the air watching football because it was like basically it was a COVID hobby that became a full-time hobby let's just put it that way where okay. like look there's nothing else to do there was not, not like literally, there was nothing else to do. So basically, because look, Ontario, we had very strict, very strict restrictions. But then I eventually started making videos on TikTok in 2020 every week, basically saying, Hey, here's who I think is going to win the games. And everyone's on me. Pick the spreads. Picking winners is easy. Yada, yada, yada. So I'm like, All right, cool. So 2021 season, I started posting those. I also started posting them on Instagram, where I have a lot of family, like a lot of extended family, friends, because I was always that kind of guy where I want to. Excuse me. Um, basically worried about what other people think of me, but now I'm at the point where I don't give a shit what people think about me. I'm out there doing like, basically, I say this for dress for look, there's only one person in the world I care about how I look at those things. And with the videos if people see me dancing, if people see me doing other stuff, I'm just like, I'm out here doing me. I'm out here having a good time. But to go back to the question of gambling, where it's not a problem. It's because I'm only putting a little bit of on at a time. I pick and choose strategically going off gut feelings and stuff like that. I'm not the kind of guy where I'm like, I got to bet on the Korean baseball at five o'clock in the morning, or <laughs> I lost. Like, cause at the same time too, it's like, you know, when you go into the casino on a regular, like not a regular basis, but whenever you, say if you take a trip down to Fallsview, yeah. you have your money or another example I could give, but uh, I don't want to go too in depth with it is a, the ballet. For those of you out there, if you know, you know, you walk in with the money you have you spend it, you feel okay. You're not like going in and having a problem. I call myself a degenerate as a joke, but I know that I'm not out there risking like, oh no, if the Patriots don't cover the spread. I'm going to be down a thousand dollars. Or if Austin Matthews doesn't get a certain amount of shots on goal, I'm going to have to like pawn my iPhone to make money. No, I just do it just so I have a little bit of skin in the game. And it's like a fun little thing to do. If eventually it gets to the point where, look, hey, if I'm making big money, I would bet it probably. But I bet what basically play with what you can afford to lose. That's the best way to look at it because you're going to lose more times than you win. That's the biggest thing I can say to anyone that wants to get into sports gambling or is a sports gambler, play with the money you're willing to lose, not what you're biggest willing hit. to win. Yeah. Basically. Biggest, hit? biggest hit so far was last year, college football. It was a three-teamer. I got a log on Actually, no, I remember off the of I had bet MGM. It was Iowa, Nevada under, Alabama, this is a crazy one. They're playing a small school called the University of Louisiana Monroe. Alabama by minus 49 and a half. They won by like 50-something. And the other one was USC over Fresno State. It was a $9 bet to win $130. I also have an NHL one from 2021. That was a $17 bet to win $179. So those are my two biggest hits to date. Do you have a biggest loss? Um... There was one back in March where it was like three separate bets of twenty dollars each, sixty dollars, <laughs> and none of them hit.
0: Okay, and like, my fiance, yeah. that does sound like a reasonable. Yeah, I, you're, if we're talking one hundred and twenty bucks out, that's that's dinner and a movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that that's the way to look at it too. Where it's just like, oh hey, like oh I lost like ten bucks. It's like the same thing too. Where. It's like, oh, hey, it's like the same spending amount of money to go out and grab lunch, for example, or even $20 where it's like to go to McDonald's because, like, that's the one thing I'm shocked about is how expensive McDonald's has gotten. But it's one of those things I can say, too, play with what you're willing to lose. That's why those commercials air. And I know a lot of people are sick and tired of the commercials, but unfortunately, for things like gambling, it's like alcohol. It's like weed. You you cater to the most vulnerable and the people that are most likely to get addicted. That's why stuff like the LCBO and the weed stores stayed open during the pandemic because you can't close those things off to addicts. And with gambling, it's unfortunately a very vicious cycle as well. You just can't get too trapped into it. Like even now, I'll admit summertime, I take a lot of time off because why? I don't like betting baseball. Betting baseball sucks. Why does betting baseball suck? It's just so unpredictable it's just i and also to so many of the advanced stats and all this other stuff it's just so weird I also haven't had a lot of luck with it that in the nba um which the nba there was one one time where not biggest loss but it was like a 15 dollar bet to win like a thousand dollars and i missed by one leg that's my biggest almost what if back in 2022 where it was like three different guys to get a double double and mitchell robertson missed it was john morant i think it was St- Def Curry. And if I had picked Julius Randall over Mitchell Robin Robinson or Robinson, excuse me, it would have been a $15 bet to win a thousand bucks.
0: I can see how you could get addicted to that. Yeah. I And, and I, and <laughs> I say that because even the passion in which you're describing previous wins or missed opportunities, there's a, there's an excitement in your voice and I'm like, Ooh, I could, I, I could get behind that. Um, which is why I stay away from it (laughs)
1: because I don't think I would have the ability to turn it off. That's just it. A lot of people don't have that ability to turn it off. I've kind of – I not know myself, but I kind of know myself where it's like, hey, do this, this, this. The other addicting part to it as well is the online casino aspect, like the Blackjack one. That's a place where I've – like you get on a high and then you you get on a heater and then it just all goes away. So that's why the i try to stay away from the online casino aspects because a lot of the sports books are trying to push that ones onto people more so i stay away from there there's one other thing oh i was going to say this too i know you're a big simpsons guy but are you a big self uh, are you knowledgeable of south park as well reasonably let's see you, let's see where this goes go for it do you, do you remember the guitar hero episode yes do you remember the heroin hero game basically there's a game vaguely where- Basically, they're playing Guitar Hero, and then Stan starts playing this game called Heroin Hero, basically, where you're basically shooting, the, the game's like the guy shooting heroin, and then you're chasing the dragon, but you never catch the dragon. Think of it like that. Sports gambling, it's like any addiction. You're trying to chase the dragon. You're trying to get that thrill. You're always trying to remember that like one great time. It's like even with golf, too, that like one great game you played. You're always trying to chase it and chase it and chase it. Sometimes you catch it. Sometimes you don't. That's, I will say, You know,
0: tying back to... Um, something, a conversation we had off-air. Um, but when I was doing stand-up, the nights you do well, you chase that through all of the nights where you bomb. Because that feeling is... Uh, and you can't compare it. You, you ride high all night. Um, and and that's, that, that's that addiction that kind of starts to scratch at your, at your brain. I once had a cop um, when I was a buddy of mine. Uh, his dad was a cop. He was doing a drive around with us. He was, I was in the back of the cop car. He's driving us around, and um, he's like, "He's like, see that guy over there?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "It's a crackhead." You know how you get addicted to crack? Yeah. And he's like, "You do it one time, and you want that feeling, and you never get it again." He's like, "You get it one time, and then you'll never get it again."
1: That's why, like, that's why I say, like, with this, like, for for stuff like drugs, like, that's why I'm only done weed because, like, you don't get people addicted to weed. You basically. You get either happy, you get hungry, you get sleepy. One of the three,
0: you or don't do free. shit
1: chemically because shit chemically, for one, it costs a lot of money. And for two, it leads you down to very dark paths.
0: I don't want to end on drug talk. Um, no. Favorite Simpsons episode?
1: Ooh, oh, I got one. I, there's one that I absolutely love. So season eight is my favorite season. I'll say that right now. Okay. And this one's because I quote it all the time and I love it. Homer's phobia season eight. It's one of my favorite episodes of all time. Remember the one where Homer thought Bart was gay? Oh, yeah. That's it's this, this like in the steel mill scene, zap zap, zap. The, the steel mill scene where like the, the entire place is gay and like the we work hard, we play hard, and it's like everybody dance now. Like yep. that, that one. Another one I love is the Frank Grimes one. It's just that one's Grimes. a classic but no if i had to pick a favorite one it's homer's phobia just because it's so quotable and i also look at that episode i'm like that would not be that's what i hate about this year's that like this episode would not be able to get produced in See, i disagree oh. i i'm, I'm going to
0: disagree with you on that i think it could air today i, I think, think some of the jokes i don't think they could get away with i, I don't think they can get away with some of the jokes but i view that episode in the same way i view and i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna go way before your time here i'm gonna okay. go um all in the family, and Archie Bunker. And I don't know if you're familiar with him, or at least you're familiar with the concept of Archie Bunker. Yeah. Archie Bunker was a curmudgeon from the 70s who used to say horribly racist shit and 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 but he was kind of a lovable character at the same time. And it's because we were we were watching Middle America. And I think yeah. Homer at the time represented the average middle American. Yeah. He was kind of like a You know, you can do what you want, just not in front of me kind of guy. And I think a lot of people at the time felt like that was the sensibility. I'm not ready to say I'm not ready for acceptance yet, but I'm willing to say not in front of me. Um, So I think you could get away with some of that. My favorite Mm. episode, though, has to be Homer at the plate.
1: That's 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 top three. That is top
0: three for me. The, the cameos and the, the 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 quotes again quotable. Cut off those sideburns, that kind of shit. Oh
1: my god! The, the end credit scene with the song. The song. The song. Yeah. <laughs> um, even the part two where it's like, or um, they're taunting Daryl Strawberry. It's like, kids, that's not very nice. He's a pro athlete. He can take it. He's crying. Or even I love the episode two where it's Homer, Wiggum, and the umpire that are acting. Where it's like. You get the first. You got to chug a beer. You got to chug a beer at the at the start of all top no num- at, uh, at the start of all odd number innings. Oh, and the fourth innings is a beer inning. Hey, we don't play softball. Homer at the plate is a top three episode for me as well. It's just Homer's phobia. I just go to immediately. But no, Homer at the plate is another classic. Like I'll be honest with you, that that show is the reason why I have Disney Plus. Not like the Star Wars, not the Marvel stuff. It, it's The Simpsons. I'm not a Star Wars guy. I, don't I know kidding. I'm just saying it because it's like they're big it's like they're big dogs quote unquote but like I go on there and I'm watching Simpsons more than anything else like hell I, I rewatched the movie like maybe a month ago
0: I am uh what did we just finish on Disney plus we just finished only murders in the building
1: Ooh. and I'm waiting I for the bear work. to come back
0: what I'm with the, the show the bear Oh, I have no idea what that is. What's the bear? It's a cooking
1: show. It's based on Chicago. I highly recommend. I don't know if the it's like for the kids, but like something <laughs> like watch with you and your wife. Just just because like some of the like some of the contents and stuff is kind of heavy, so it's one of those things where I'm like I recommend it for there. Um, another episode I actually watched recently that I find very funny is um, where Homer was a boxer. Yes, yes, that's a great one too. And I'll say this is one well, my favorite Trios of Horror one. Uh, it's from season five or six, I forget which one it was, but there's I hate
0: those episodes. Really I hate them.
1: Like I watched Trios of Horror from like the '90s to like Trios of Horror. Like the ones in the '90s are like classics to me, but then the ones from like the 2000s and onwards, I'm like, it's it's not the same.
0: I just I they always I never I never never really enjoyed them.
1: There's just some of them that have really funny stuff in it, and also too um i'm actually in a group chat called simpsons meme chat with a friend of mine who actually does book stand-up comedy in the city of toronto his next show is at the end of july at the comedy bar downtown just to give him a quick plug as well and literally like all we do like i have to get to the let me just get to the chat here like the last clip today i sent was the one of bart breaking a chair over homer's back and even love that one yeah that one and even still the one from an episode i forgot is the one where they go to ned's ned's uh summer house for the fourth of july and one of my favorite scenes is, remember when Homer's buying illegal fireworks from the, basically the Apu, not rip yep. off, but like the Apu guy there? It's just so fun. He's asking for all these random items, and they just like, yeah, and some illegal fireworks, and one disposable <laughs> anima. Yeah, I think it two. Yeah. And then he throws the firework into the dishwasher, and it causes Cause like a he hole. panics.
0: Yeah. And, that, and uh, my favorite scene in that episode is uh,
1: when Milhouse writes, see you in the
0: car. Yeah. And he's talking to Lisa.
1: <laughs> I love that, and I also love the one, too, where they're on, like, the – the i don't know the ride like the total world or whatever yeah. and then they're both spitting at each other and it keeps me hitting millhouse in the face
0: <laughs> griff thank you so much for your time today what what are you working on next what, what's what's in the world of uh grifdom so working in the world
1: of Griffdom right now i got a couple articles on the go for crier i have one that is the i have one that's for my stanley cup favorite who i want to bet just i've been kind of lazy with that unfortunately but it'll be out probably this weekend the other article i'm working on right now has to do with the toronto maple Leafs. no not free agency but there are a couple of free agents that off the ice that they're looking to re-sign the deals that's all i'm going to say about it for the folks out there who may know a bit of it who are tapped in the hockey community they may know but it's a piece of belief culture or passion you will that i think helps elevate the team that much more i don't want to give too too much away but if you can take those clues and run with them Be my guest.
0: There's your tease. I love it. Griff, thanks for uh, coming on and doing this today, buddy.
1: Appreciate it. Always a pleasure, Joe. It was great to finally meet you. I'll do this whenever you want, guys. And always remember, guys, too, there's always more content coming out. And like I said, next and also next game for me probably will be, I just have to confirm the Hamilton Tiger Cats this, but when Toronto goes to Hamilton on Friday, July 21st, I'm looking to be there. And maybe the Honda Indy, too. We'll just have to wait and see.
0: Ooh, Honda Indy. Vroom, vroom. Vroom, vroom. Know your limits. Play within it.
1: Thanks, buddy. Yes, that's a great thing, too, guys. Remember, that way you can afford to lose. Know your limits. Play within it. Because for as much as you can win gambling, you're going to lose more times than you win. Thanks again
0: to Griff Bordignan. Bordignon. I'm sorry, Griff. I'm trying my best. Um, thanks to Griff for showing up, spending some time with me, talking football and Simpsons. One of those subjects I'm far more comfortable talking about. Could you tell which one? I want to thank Cryer Media. Thank Dean Blundell. Thank you for listening and watching. And uh, hit subscribe, share with a friend, share with an enemy, all that kind of stuff. And uh, be well, be safe, and... Thanks for listening.
1: Damn. It's said that the more time you have to invest, the greater the return. Well, guess what? Kids have the most time if we learn to invest early. That's why I created the Cash Kid Podcast, where I teach kids and some adults financial skills they need to know on how to earn, save, and invest their money. Join me on this journey as we interview experts and explore topics that allow you to grow your money as kids. Just remember, anyone can be a cash kid. You just have to learn how to become one. Get ready to grow your financial knowledge and your wallet with the
0: Cash Kid Podcast. That's right. Find us at the dot com or listen in on places like Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Spotify, or YouTube.
1: I'm Andrea Askowitz, and I'm Allison Langer.